0: Oh my wonderful other interesting stuff I'm doing, I was just elected the chairman of the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse board practice. So.
2: Nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, they nominated you while you ran to the bathroom, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I nominate Ron Kolek. I second that. Hey, Ron, mm. guess what?
0: You know, I would never thought a ghost guy could be a chairman, but hey. It is what it is. Why not? I mean, really? a ghost guy. Nobody takes ghost guys <laughs> serious. Well, I do. Oh, thank you. That's only because you're a ghost girl.
2: There you go. <laughs> no, no offense
0: to ghost girl in our chat room.
2: Uh, no relate. Yep, no relation. <laughs> Anyways, you're
0: listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet Parallax Ghost Channel and Beyond, and of course, all our shows are archived on iTunes and Believe it or not, the three Ghost Chronicles shows that are on IT, and that's the original Ghost Chronicles, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, and Ghost Chronicles International, are all in the top ten of Ghosts. In fact, the original one's number one. Wow. But there you go. We have yeah. all
2: that and a bag of
0: chips. Let me there you yet. go, and that that <laughs> in, that and thirty-five cents will get you a cup of coffee. Right. No, well, where the heck? Not anymore. Well, I don't know. I could get like the senior citizen being one hundred and eight years old. I could probably get that.
2: <laughs> this is true. You know, I think you know. At one hundred and eight, you've probably earned it. Mm, you mm. could probably, uh, you know,
0: get a discounted. Any, anyways, I see my girl on on the uh, the stack and. Yep, that's Vala. That's the name is kind of up there. My heart's going pitter-patter. So
2: <gasps> oh, she's so excited.
0: I'm so excited. So we anyway, so excited. <laughs> so I guess we better bring her on. Uh, she is the queen of the bazaar, Vala Ventura.
3: Hello. Hello,
0: Vala. Hi, Vala. Hello,
3: Ron. Hello, <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been a while. Oh, I know. It's been a long time.
0: Well, it's been a while for you, but. Not really, because we hear your lovely voice
3: that's, on your little true. tibet that's that you true. play. That's, yeah. right. We have not we have an ongoing relationship.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, just what I needed. Oh,
2: you might say it's beyond bizarre. <laughs> right,
0: it is. I think I need a cold shower. <laughs>
2: Already? <laughs> we haven't even gotten started. Wow, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> We're three minutes into the show. So, so
0: for, for people who do not know Vala, she is a probably one of my favorite authors, but I do have to admit I don't read much. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, she has written The Book of Bazaar and Beyond Bazaar in her latest one, Amongst the Mermaids.
2: Yeah. And
0: they are really, really cool books. They're real easy reading, which is one of the key things I need for <laughs>
2: <books>. <laughs> yeah, Ron. Yeah, mm-hmm. he needs those those basic
3: <laughs> He needs little words.
0: Lots of pictures.
3: <laughs> there are lots of pictures. That's
0: right. That's right. Oh, it's a watch.
3: good decorative element.
0: <laughs> but the the interesting thing that they are really neat because they, there's all kinds of like strange, but it's strange but true, and, and that's the cool thing about it. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, thank you. It means true to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. I mean <laughs> you, you know no, what really you know, is. I tried you, to you, also include a bunch of um in the in the latest book. Um I wanted to have real facts in there because, mm-hmm. you know, that's kinda what I do. And mm-hmm. it was definitely challenging in the template of mermaid because so much of um what we know about mermaids is just, you know, these kind of giant blown up mm-hmm. myths. So mm-hmm. I had to search high and low,
2: yeah, you must have had to do a ton of research for this book because i i um I haven't read the whole thing, but i what I have seen of it, I know that a lot of things you know you're going back to the late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds and probably before that for a lot of these tales,
3: yeah, I spent a um I did spent you know probably a good year just sort of like reading and um making notes um, but there were several things in this collection that I had I knew that I wanted them to go together, mm-hmm. so uh, but I thoroughly enjoy reading old uh, folklore, especially from you know Ireland and Um, Wales and Scotland from sort of like that late Victorian era, all those Mm -hmm. things that, you know, like William Butler Yeats put together these wonderful books. And, um, I love sifting through those and kind of finding the, the gems Mm. in there. So I, I had, I mean, it was certainly a labor of love right? and I, I had some things in, in mind and, and, um. You know, and then just kind of, you know, how a book goes. It just sort of evolves as you start working on it, and then people find out you're working on a book about mermaids, and they refer you to things, or things mm-hmm. happen in the news that you notice. Um, mm-hmm. So that certainly that certainly helps, too, to have some uh, current current affairs that are mermaid-related.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it's great. The thing I love about your books, and because of society being so busy today is that you can just pick them up and open them up and read. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the coolest thing. I mean, cause we're all so busy in our lives and yet they're, it's, they're fascinating. I mean, you, you just, you know, you don't want to put them down because it, it's so interesting, uh, all the facts and the stories and everything else. And, um, uh, my ghost today is like that too not that I'm...
3: i was gonna say that actually I was gonna <laughs> say that for you uh, that's one of the things i love so much about ghost today um i think i had said to you earlier i I love i love you know i, I bring it with me every time i camp and you know <laughs> and, and i say if i meet somebody i say oh, what's your birthday and then i read them like their ghost oh that's all great dates and it's just really fun and Um, you know, it's, it's a great, it it has that same kind of, uh, campfire spirit, which I was definitely going for with, um, the first two books and, and certainly with the mermaid book, um, sort of something where you can kind of gather around and share the, the stories. But I was always a big fan of books of trivia and like those reader readers digest collections of, you know, weird news and, um, uh, the, you, you know, just sort of those, those, oddity kind of, um, short bits. Um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the material for the first couple of books, I mean, some of that stuff was just stuff I'd been carrying around in my brain for years that I would just bust out at a party, just dying to tell somebody this weird (laughs) fact. And then, you know, someone actually said to me, why don't you start writing these all down, put these in one place. And, and now they've been, they now they're in multiple places, multiple volumes of place. That's awesome.
0: I mean, that's the thing I like about you is because your mind is is as swapped as mine. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: oh
0: God! <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool because I mean I know that like some of the stuff that uh, we have talked about, uh, uh, like for instance the uh, the foots. Remember the feet that were show, showing showing oh, up? Yeah. on... yeah.
3: Everything's yeah. coming up footy. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and, and there was an update on it. So it was like I sent her yeah. an email. I say, like, oh, here's the update
3: on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I wrote about that. Um, I think I wrote about that update in a blog post um, because um, – That was just one of those things at the time the book went to press. It was this story, for people who aren't familiar with the story, but it was a story about these um, single feet washing up on shore in a beach, um, I think near Vancouver, Washington, but it might have been Vancouver, British Columbia. It was certainly up in that um, Pacific Northwest area, and these feet just kept washing up, and they were, you know, single feet usually in a... um, Usually in a, uh, I think like a jogging shoe or a running yeah. shoe. Athletic oh, gross.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, at least they were doing something before they died. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and if then, they died. Um, but then what was the, what did it turn out to be? Because they thought all sorts of things serial killer, they thought it was suicides. Um,
0: oh, God. Now, I, now be, I don't now remember.
3: I, so I'll look it up I, while we're. Uh, oh, no!
0: <laughs> we'll leave it just a just a a a play. And then.
3: We'll, we'll tease them with it at the very end. All
0: right. Yeah, you know what? We'll come up with the answer after the break. There you go. Yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> oh
3: there is one. We swear, it's just our minds are so full of... Oh, oh, oh it is. Wow.
0: I, I mean, I was looking, reading in the book, and you talked about this this waft that had washed up on the shore in the West Coast. And that was a piece that I had actually saw in the news. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, that's that's from the Japan earthquake and. But did you know that yeah. that was like a major problem?
3: <laughs> yeah, um, the you mean all of the sea waste and all of the sort of like crazy things that were washing ashore from the after the tsunami?
0: Yeah, but the, that, that particular mean? that particular dock uh, there was extremely. It was a uh, a big problem because attached to the dock, of course, were mollusk that right. were not. Um, they were not, uh, what's the word, indigenous to oh.
3: that area. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, interesting, and, of course. And so it became a, an ecological problem. Right.
0: So there's always these little twists and turns on these little bits of information, which makes it so exciting.
3: Right, right. Huh. Yeah, that's a good point, because I know that that, I know, for example, in the Great Lakes, that's a, that's a big problem with... Um, you know, ships that come in from the lock that have maybe you know had a um, some kind of mollusk or something, some kind yep. of fish attached to the hull, and then you know they get out into the lake, and it's um, it's a real problem, and and kind of swallows up the invasive or the you know indigenous species. So Jesus I did even think about th- those implications. I was just imagining this fellow walking along the beach, walking his dog <laughs> one day, and <laughs> coming upon the this giant chunk of of concrete yeah. uh, there was a man who um, came upon a very large eyeball
0: i don't know if you oh. remember that story <laughs> that was, I, I in saw Florida. That. was yeah <laughs> did, did they find out what that eyeball was
3: i believe it was from they they think it's from a swordfish
0: oh a really oh, yeah, really because...
3: Yeah, yeah. A, a really big swordfish.
0: Like, yeah, it was talk about it being part of a, a kraken or a, a giant squid or something. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.
3: Which really probably wouldn't have had an eyeball quite like that, but, you know, it's wonderful mm-hmm. to kind of imagine that. And uh, also just to think of, uh, again, a man out walking his dog, <laughs> strolling along a beautiful Florida beach. During sunrise and then finding this thing that you think is a baseball, (laughs) because that's about what size it was, and it turns out to be an eyeball. Ooh. I know. Ooh. When suddenly... (laughs) When
2: suddenly he came upon...
3: I mean, come on. That would be like the best party story you could ever ever tell. Oh, yeah? Well, I found an eyeball on the beach. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: Oh, my God. Isn't that a campfire thing, too? When you one person starts a story and then you pass it along and the next person when they pass it to the next person they say, When suddenly and then the yeah, next oh, person yeah. has to pick it up that's <laughs> yeah. a riot. Oh my god. I find yet. <laughs> yeah, it is usually. <laughs> but what a great idea, uh, you know, with a with a campfire book, you know, I'll have to now I'll have to put ghost today in my camper. There you go. It is. It's wonderful. It day. Day. It put them. Really
0: Beyond Bazaar and, 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 and uh, Book we of Bazaar. Those are those are awesome. We I mean, I, you me. know, I've read them both of them from cover to cover. And of course, you can uh, catch the little bits from them on our newsletter, um, it's, which is a free free newsletter if you sign up on our website inghostproject The letter and the letter e ghostproject.com. com. And there's a Beyond the Bazaar or from the Book of Bazaar in each one, and they're always fascinating um but speaking about that we actually have to play one now if you don't mind listen logical. to your voice hmm. <laughs> so let me see if we have that cued uh anna if we are ready can we play the beyond bizarre which one she says anyone you little like your little heart desires honey <laughs>
3: The Corpse Flower. No list of botanical oddities would be complete without the one and only Corpse Flower. Named for its extremely potent corpse-like smell, Amorphophallus typanum is also one of the largest flower structures in the world. Growing up to 12 feet tall and 5 feet wide in the wild with leaves that can exceed 20 feet, the Corpse Flower, also known as a Titan Arum, is both ghastly and breathtaking. You actually will want to hold your breath when near it in its fullest bloom. You actually will want to hold your breath when near it in its fullest bloom. The flower comes... Okay, let's just start that whole one again. I'm going to edit a little bit while I'm reading. The Corpse Flower. No list of botanical oddities would be complete without the one and only Corpse Flower. Named for its extremely potent, corpse-like smell, The titanum is also one of the largest flower structures in the world. Growing up to 12 feet tall and 5 feet wide in the wild, with leaves that can exceed 20 feet, the corpse flower, also known as the titanarum, is both ghastly and breathtaking. The flower comes before the leaves, although the plant needs to be at least 6 years old before it can bloom. When it does, a large mottled spike pushes up from the ground, slowly unfurling to reveal a beautiful deep red velvet outer space, and a three-foot, dirty green spike in the center. When fully opened, the bloom of the corpse flower begins to live up to its rotten reputation, for it emits the strongest and most foul of decomposing flesh-like odors. The smell is caused by the most wicked of essential oils, putrescines, and cadaverines. A foul beauty, the corpse flower looks like something from the musical Little Shop of Horrors, and anyone who has seen and smelled it will not quickly forget its cadaverous horrors. A Frightening Fact from Barla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar. There
0: we go. Oops. Okay, now that was bizarre. That was funny.
3: <laughs> I love the music. That was very creepy. <laughs> A non-edited <laughs> so now
0: version of you all know inevitably. I'm not perfect. Somehow. Oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> when I
2: do my cemetery tripping, I mean, I, it's lucky you didn't swear, right? Because I do that sometimes when I screw up, when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reading my cemetery trippings so and I go, oh, whatever. Expletive. <laughs> And then I'll stop and start again.
3: <laughs> well, that's what when I, I I was starting again from the very uh, the very beginning. If I mm-hmm. made any kind of mistake, and and the gentleman who records these says, you know, you can just start back at the beginning of the sentence. But that one, I think, I had to to go all over again. But I love that so there's idea. like the outtake there of me saying, all right, I'm just
0: going to start <laughs> that. <laughs> and, and it would be, I mean, we have all of those recorded, and, and you, heard, you heard me, I said to Anna, pick anyone you desired. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, oh my gosh. But,
2: <laughs> now I wonder, you know, that flower, it, it is so bizarre, and there must be a reason. I mean, you know, like, animals have sense. And things like that for a reason to keep predators yeah. away.
0: Yeah. So there must be something yeah, p- to do. it it attracts the putrid bee.
3: It, it's a, it actually those sorts of plants that have the putrescines and cadaverines, and I'm not joking, that is actually what those things are called. The um wow. the oils that are create that scent. Uh, so wonderfully named. I mean a putrescine, you know, oh, can you imagine essential right. oil of? I'd hate um, to put that but, in my henna. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but they're, um, they are pollinated by um, uh, flies, um, other kind of, like, you know, little um, predators that are attracted to the smell of um, rotting body. beans. Yeah, yeah, dead bodies. Uh. So, and then also I think some scavenger, I think there also must be a relationship through, with some of the scavenger animals, you know, like... The way that a, a crow or a vulture is a scavenger to mm-hmm. um, eat them and then um, you know pass the seeds on through the forest. And actually, believe it or not, a lot of those plants in that family have um, a, a whole list of um, ethnobotanical health. properties, including um, stomach remedies ah! from the from the roots and um, from the tubers. And um, I actually was in Walgreens about i don't know a month ago and i noticed on the shelf a bottle of something and it was a cognac k o k o n j a c cognac i think maybe how you say it in latin mm-hmm. and i looked closer and it's i swear to you it's a morphophallus cognac which is a uh, another name for a um, it's called a dragon lily it's in the same family it has horrible odor uh-huh. And it was a little bottle of some kind of lotion, and it was supposed to remove skin tags. Oh my God! So, wow! You know, I was I was stunned. I was just standing there going, and you know where it was? It was on the end cap with the as seen on TV stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "What's going on? In this world?
2: What is happening?" <laughs> oh my God! That's crazy.
0: Y- y- uh, you know, Vala, You know how uh, apropos that is. Because I just posted on my uh, Facebook page, I I don't know the exact date on it, but uh, on July 12th, Friday, July 12th, the corpse plant is blooming in Washington, D.C. I saw that.
3: Yeah, I I saw Mm -hmm. a story about that. It's in full bloom, and it's just horrific. The local botanical garden here has had um, a corpse flower uh, on occasion, One time it was on loan from another conservatory, and I think they might have their own now. And um, it's just such a a bizarre smell. I mean, it's really like you would not – you really don't want to be in an enclosed space with it, but yet that's where they usually are because they're tropical. They're from, like, Madagascar and, um, you know, um, the Southeast Asia. So they have to be usually enclosed in, like – a you know, a misty, house. warm yeah. space, which is basically oh. the worst possible. Oh my God! Smell something like that.
2: So you literally walk in and go, "What died in
3: here?" Oh, you, oh, <laughs> oh. You, you walk into the actual building. At least the the conservatory near me it's fairly small. So you walk into the building, and you can you I could smell it walking up. Oh. But I I also I think you know it was like. Knew what I was going to smell, so I could smell this sort of underlying, very sweet. Oh right. You know, like a a bloated animal on the hot highway and the kind of smell. You know what I'm saying?
0: So, so this show really went downhill fast. I know. (laughs) We're supposed
3: to be talking about
0: beautiful
2: mermaids.
0: Mermaids. (laughs) (laughs) Or, as as Vala describes it, the audacious manatee.
2: Yes. Audacious manatees. I did see that. That is funny. Um, so, what what inspired you to write about mermaids?
3: Um, well, I had a, probably one of the uh, one of the main inspirations for me being interested in mermaids and folklore in general is a period of time when I was really young, and my family moved from. Um, an urban area to a very, very rural area. And while we were looking for a place to live, we basically set up camp for a summer um, alongside this river. And so I spent all day swimming with my sister, pretending we were mermaids in the water, (laughs) you know, floating around. And at that time, my mom, you know, we didn't have a television or a radio. Um, You know, we were just basically living in a campground. And um, my mom had brought along, of course, several books, and one of the books she brought along was um, the Hans Christian Andersen book of fairy tales, mm-hmm. and she read them to us, and I know that the Grimm's have the reputation, the real reputation for being dark, but those Hans Christian Andersen ones are all quite dark themselves, mm. um, and the real story of the Little Mermaid, um, which stood out in my mind in particular because, you know, we were pretending to be mermaids all day long, and um, mm-hmm. It was this whole, the whole idea that, you know, I remember the line where it said something like every time she tried to walk on dry land, instead of being in the sea, it felt like daggers were stabbing into her feet. Mm-hmm. And I remember my sister and I going and pretending that, you know, daggers were stabbing into our feet as we were running across the sand to get in the water. <laughs> and and I think that sort of, you know, kind of formed this idea of the mermaid and that sort of... Um, dual life kind of tormented, like you want to be in the sea, but you also want this, um, what everyone else has, you want this more normal life and um, you want to explore beyond the the shore. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of, um, and then I started working on these collections, these um, digital book collections for my publisher, which were all... Um, kind of public domain, out of print, lost stories that Mm. were um, of a certain theme, and I would kind of pull them together. And um, there was a magical creatures uh, series of them, and and there were a couple of mermaid ones, and we all were very fond of them. And so um, we thought, well, we should turn this into a book. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I started kind of gussying that all up. and, And then we have Among the Mermaids. There we go. I love the cover. I love the oh, cover. Oh, yeah. The, the, the gentleman who friend. did the cover just did an incredible job, and um, there's beautiful art inside. Mm-hmm. The whole thing just has a very aquatic feel. Mm-hmm. I'm very pleased with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the key. If you're going to do a book, you want it to grab you. Is is the... But, uh, you know, as I noticed in your... your uh, your book as well, you talk about pirates and so forth, and I think uh, Blackbeard was afraid of mermaids, was it?
3: Yeah, he apparently, you know, the fierce and terrible Blackbeard had this sort of reputation for um, being terrified that mermaids were going to l- lure his crew into the water and he wouldn't be able to continue sailing. And so there were um, certain areas where he... Um, would uh, order his crew to just completely avoid, and those were areas that there were high numbers of mermaid sightings.
0: Anyway, I hear, the, I hear the music, so we oh. have to take a break right now. So All right. We'll You're you know, listening you to Ghost like Chronicles, next generation. We'll be right back.
2: Feel the need to do some soul-searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive... Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics, like yoga, reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. Back to Ghost Chronicles with Ron and Ann and our special guest, Varla Ventura.
0: Right here Hello. on Jojanette, RRX, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Mm-hmm. And during the break, uh, Varla was just telling us, you you looked at, at uh, the Wikipedia, I believe, right? And you, and you
3: yeah. <clears throat> there is now a Wikipedia page dedicated to the Salish Sea human foot discoveries, um, the Sailor Center off of Vancouver, British Columbia. And um, it lists all of the different feet that were found <laughs> and who they belong to. By size? To, it's known. not by size, <laughs> by order of discovery, I guess. Um, a man's right foot, a man's right foot, uh, another, a woman's right foot, a man's left foot. And then there was also a hoax foot. Apparently. What? What? Hoax yeah, there, someone did a hoax foot. It says that there was a hoax foot um, planted on Vancouver Island.
0: Would they oh, kind of would often leave it there?
3: I I guess. I mean, I don't know who how you get a hold of a hoax, hoax foot, <laughs> foot, but cadaver. Oh. <laughs>
0: um,
3: the hoax foot. It says the hoax was a skeletonized animal paw, which was put oh. in sock and shoe and then stuffed with dried seaweed. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police have begun an investigation into the hoax, and arrest could result in charges of public mischief. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. I guess public. I love that a little bit. That's, that's um, so there's actually they they have several proposed explanations on here, and you know it's Wikipedia, so um, right. I'm not going, I'm I'm not getting too deep into the <clears throat> real facts here, but. Um, No other body parts have turned up. Um, There's speculation that it was from the same group of people, like people all from a boating accident or a a plane crash. Um, No, there
0: was definitely a... a,
3: There was a a a rational explanation. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) There was an article that said it was, like, released by the police,
0: and Mm -hmm. it said,
3: this is what we think
0: it was. Yeah. Oh. I can't, I can't remember it though. Yeah. We'll but remember. When everybody remembers post it on the knows, Ghost
2: Chronicles page.
0: Yeah, if anybody yeah. knows it yeah, right they, can, they you don't even have okay. the writing. You you can look it up for us and, and go into the Tojinet chat room or the Parex chat room or our, our our Facebook page which is Ghost Chronicles Next Generation and uh let us know and uh that for would God be really says, helpful. Tell
3: me too because now it's driving me crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, but tell us more about the mermaids.
0: What well, you before you do that, b- before that, I, I have some what? pertinent facts, too, you know. You know, you know I, I work with, um, uh, what's her face here, um, Anne Carrigan, right? She, she's known yep. as the blonde, blonde bombshell, right? On occasion, mm-hmm. yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, do you know that in ancient Roman times, uh, there were blonde women, too, uh, and they weren't all natural? In fact, women used to uh, dye their hair blonde with uh, pigeon dung in the Duh. Renaissance, in the Renaissance, Venice, they used to use harsh urine. So, which one are you uh, in? So, just curious.
3: Neither, thank you. I wonder what they say about redheads.
0: Oh, oh man. don't go there. Don't, don't tell me you're a redhead. Please don't tell me you're a redhead. I won't be able to sleep at all tonight. <laughs> you're
2: terrible. Oh my God! All right, so that's
0: the story of that. All right, Ann, go ahead. I interrupted you. Can we talk about
2: the part. mermaids now. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, the mermaids, right? Please. The boldacious manatees. <laughs> All right, for those who gonna,
3: you
2: never
0: know
3: happen yeah. when you have derby. You never yeah. see out there. <laughs> right, for
2: those who have not read the book, can you tell people what Ron <laughs> means by
3: boldacious uh, manatees? <laughs> well. Um, and I'm not discounting the existence of mermaids because I do think that they're as real as, you know, and as possible as uh, any other creature, including goats. We'll have
0: to visit that. <laughs>
3: so, um, but uh, a lot of the of the early sightings, you know, they, they do believe that they were um, manatees or members of the manatee family, like the dugongs, which are down in like, you know, around Australia, that part of the um, southern hemisphere uh, so there's several different species that are in kind of that, like, manatee family. And they have, if you look at their tails, they have that very classic kind of uh, mermaid-shaped tail that you would think of. And, um, you know, you spend a, a many, many days at sea. You are um, probably sleep-deprived, dehydrated. You <laughs> possibly are suffering from scurvy and other delusions. And you look into the water, and you see this very supple creature. It's you know you know it's a it's a audacious manatee bodacious.
0: Right. And, might and be those are, you. And you and those are only the people that are doing the carnival lines
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> There
0: might be rum involved also <laughs> mm, let's hope so
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what are um, I mean what are some of the earliest stories about mermaids.
3: Um, I think one of the very earliest stories that involves a mermaid is um, an old story from, um, it's probably, they, they think it's from, it dates from around 1000 BC, mm. and it's about an Assyrian goddess, and her name was Atargatis. That's the best I can do. It kind of reminds me of Alligator, actually, the name. <laughs> it sounds like the Latin, you know, it's kind of like, is that Latin for alligator? Mm-hmm. But she um, she, she, was, she was in love with the man, and she killed him by mistake, and she oh. was very ashamed, and she tried to hide herself in a lake, but the lake couldn't conceal her, and so she ended up turning herself into a creature that was half woman, half fish. That's a pretty early um, uh, myth about, um, you know, the the origins of mermaids.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, have you seen the the uh, TV show about the mermaids? evidence? yeah. The mermaid's? yeah
3: it actually um, was it, it, that first one came out as I was. Um, sending the manuscript in, and then the, there was a second one. I uh, that um, I didn't actually watch all of the second one. I just watched parts of it um, that came out more recently. And um, yeah, they're docufiction or mockumentaries or you know, whatever you want to whatever you want to call them. But um, they, they, I I found them to be very fun. You know, I mean, it was all part of Monster Week, and oh. I enjoyed them. And I actually recognized several of the things they were talking about. Um, in fact, one of the scenes, and it might even be the opening scene um, in the movie, they say they're in, I, I think it's Kurat Yam, Israel. And they're sort of like yep. this video, right? And they're like scrolling down and showing this mermaid on a rock. And, you know, it kind of it flips away. Well, Kurat Yam is actually this place that um, has had a, a high, high number of mermaid sightings. And they have a prize. The city of Kareem has a prize, of $1 million million prize for anyone who can prove that the mermaid out there is Is actually real. Wow. As I do with all of my books, and what what is one of my favorite aspects of um, the first two books, and, um, and um, but what, what I like, I like, you know, I like firsthand accounts, and I like, and I, as I'm sure you know from doing this show, you know, once you get once once you once, once you talk about an um, a paranormal experience, that's when people really start to open up, and so with the second book in particular, I got quite a, a so many people that I actually couldn't include them all mm-hmm. um, and so I said there's got to be someone out there who's had a mermaid sighting I mean if people have I mean, seen if somebody has had a mermaid sighting so I put a call out for um, some first-hand accounts and not really expecting really expecting to get much because I think even within the paranormal hoodie people who say they've seen a mermaid you know it's like kindest somebody some or something they're kind of um, you know, I think they're looked down on or, or mocked, and um, mm-hmm. people aren't always uh, very forthcoming with with such things. Um, but uh, two two people did come forward. Now, one was um, actually it were two sisters who were um, who are Indigenous Australian um, Australians. Australians. And they shared with me sort of their like um, cultural dreaming history that's tied in with mermaids and how they're like they're, how they were created. And they were created and that they owe mermaids their life. The other person was a woman and her mother who went on vacation in the Bahamas and saw a merman in their room and in their room in the night. Wow! Included a sketch of what they both saw, and it was very much like one of those things where someone says they've seen a black-eyed chil- you know they've seen chil- you know they've seen black-eyed children or something. It's, it was you know kind of uh, I know no one's going to believe me, but I did see this. And then when I was and when I was saying I was talking about this, a very very close friend of mine said. She grew up. Her childhood was spent living on a boat, and she said, "You, you have to ask my mom, have to ask my mom about her her mermaid experience." She had this very disorienting night where um, it was very foggy, and she can she had strange strange songs kind of out on the on the fog, and um, she kept coming up onto the boat and sort of like hearing the like these voices and these voices never quite was never quite void um, I've actually been uh, I'm gonna see her next week, so I'm gonna have a chance to talk to her and get, talk to her and get a little bit more detail. So it's a little bit of one of those things that I think you know once you start um, to it, once one person admits it, it sort of can open sort of can open um, open the floodgates a little bit. Wow.
0: Okay. okay, I have breaking news by the way. Oh okay Breaking I news. Fo- I found the uh,
2: oh, the foot uh, article.
0: New York Post, yep, New York Post.
2: Oh, that's why he's been so quiet.
0: This is, excuse (laughs) me?
2: (laughs) I said that's why he's been so quiet.
0: (laughs) This is the official explanation. Um, Let's see. Finally, the mystery has been cracked, and the cause is as pedestrian as, pedestrian? I don't like that word. As (laughs) it is tragic. These feet, according to the coroner's office of British Columbia, almost all along to suicides. Oh. And almost oh. all of them jumped from the bridge spanning the powerful Fraser River, which flows into the Pacific Ocean at Vancouver. Once the body sank, a dead body will expel gases. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That uh, keeps it afloat within hours. Well,
3: i got to uh, worry about that, but yeah, go on. The,
0: <laughs> body, the bodies begin to decompose. Limbs begin to separate light, maritime life begin to feed. Ew. And it goes into much more... But why only yeah.
3: the foot? Why, why the feet? only the foot washing right. it? Because it's in the shoe, maybe? Because it's yeah. preserved it's, in the shoe? They can't eat it. Or it's that carry, that carry its own little, little, its own little boat, shoe boat, boat
0: shoe. I didn't write this. I didn't write this. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just
3: kidding. You know, no, I had the same... Going.
2: Yeah, I had the same thing. While I was like, "Why, like, why just the feet? Like, there's hands, right? Other things. So, why yeah. just the feet?"
3: <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the shoes. That actually reminded me of this story that I think is in the second, is in the book of the bazaar. I'm, I'm going to try and recall it, but I'll, I'll look it up while I'm doing that. And it's a it's a lake. I think a lake that was in Oregon. And this particular lake, it's a it's pretty high up. And it has um, a large number of um, pine trees around it. So the the um, water itself in the lake has a very very high alkaline content. Mm-hmm. And there was this story about this. Um, I think it was in the 40s. This woman sort of um, uh, she got in a fight with her lover or something like that. And so she she um, I think she was a maid at a local a local B and B up there and she sort of disappeared and um, you know, no one ever knew what happened to her and then something like fifty years later she popped up in the lake and she popped oh, up literally actually <laughs> she was preserved. Um, Stop. Stop. because she had been in it and it was it came out that she had um, been murdered tied up and then weighted down, and eventually the rope sort of, um, you know, that okay. decomposed enough that she was no longer weighted down to this, you know, rock or whatever it was that they had thrown in there with her, and she sort of popped up and was oh. floating, and it, it's a process that they call saponification, and it's basically like turning Actually, a human into words, soap, words. soap, it's, uh, you know, it's sh- her third is rendered um, oh. into this, like, soap, which um, allowed her to be preserved, but also so that she literally popped up to the surface. And I, I haven't found the story yet, but I think I called it um, Soap on a Rope. <laughs>
0: yes, you did. In fact, that was a, uh, one, of, one of the ones that that played one on our our ones show. I one of the ones that
3: read, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. I don't know. It just came to mind when you mentioned that, when you were reading the details. Oh, of that.
2: that's horrible. <laughs> Well, at least they knew what happened to her, but
3: everybody was probably dead by then. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't know if the person that they thought had done I mean I don't, I don't know if there was any if there was anything they could do. Wow. That conversation oh. probably ran out on that one. Oh my god. We are so far down the path now.
2: We are wow. gone. <laughs> We're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have nothing to say.
2: Oh, that's funny.
0: Yeah. We're never coming here, here. back. Early, early, you mentioned about pirates and everything else, but um, do you know how the Jolly Roger got their name? Um, I don't,
3: I don't know if I know the, the real story. I know that they used to um, wait to put the flag up until they were right next to the boat, and then they put it up and um, climb aboard and water you down, know, murder and steal and and slaves
0: and all of that. Yeah, most of us know the, the spelling crossbones. Pirates would fly a solid red flag, meaning they would take no quarters. And uh, that in French was called, uh, je vous, uh, I can't forget, I can even speak English. Yeah, whatever. Thanks, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, Jolly, and that was eventually twisted into Jolly, Jolly Roger, Roger. and Roger.
3: Oh, that's very interesting. And that's
0: another bizarre, bizarre fact from Valiant <laughs> <number one> Tours. <laughs>
3: I do love all those little piratey tidbits. Like, there's a legend that Blackbeard, um, when he was killed, they they didn't just stab him. I mean, they they sliced his head off. And they kept his head as evidence, and they threw his body over the side. And the legend is that he swam around the boat three times before sinking.
0: <laughs> before he knew uh, he was
3: dead. Below. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, I got you beat on that. One, oh, of, one of the popes, uh, one of the popes, the predecessor, uh, uh, dug him up and put him on trial, and put his corpse up there, and they had a monk behind him speaking for him. Oh. they found them, convicted. they convicted them, and killed them. <laughs> um, okay. And I believe it was, uh, I can't believe, I can't think of the name, one of the English kings, they actually dug him up, uh, put him on trial, and then beheaded him. Wow. wow. So, different. the truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: truth, truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs>
0: that is oh. very
3: true.
2: Now, um, when we talk about the mermaids,
3: like of
2: course the first thing everybody thinks of is the Disney movie, The Little Mermaid, which by the way is my daughter Alexis' favorite favorite movie. When she graduated from high school, um, I gave that to her as a gift. (laughs) The Little Mermaid. But um, what you know? What's with the mermaids? Are they good? Are they bad? Oh God!
1: You know what? I I I get mixed
3: signals. I think that uh, certainly that version of The Little Mermaid is a lot more cheerful than, and it is based on the Hans Christian Andersen story. Um, You know, your daughter may be old enough to read the original version now and realize that it (laughs) didn't quite go as well as it did for Ariel. But, um, you know, I think there's room for um, for all these different kinds of mermaids and culture. I mean, one of my favorite mermaids, actually, in terms of pop culture, is The Mermaid from Mr. Peabody and the Mermaid, if you've seen that movie. It's a wonderful movie. I think it was from uh, 1940, uh, maybe 1945, and William Powell, who, um, you know, was a, basically a famous drunk, and all of the characters he played were, famous drunks and <laughs> he goes on vacation um, he, he goes on a honeymoon so he's newly married and he's on a honeymoon and he's getting drunk on the boat and he meets a mermaid oh. and somehow he sneaks her back um, to his hotel and then brings her back home with him and hides him he's wealthy of course and he <laughs> hides her in this swimming pool um but first he puts her in the bathtub and that's actually the movie that um splash is kind of you know daryl hannah that's a remake right. yeah that's
0: that was a nice modern
3: one. remake of mr peabody and the mermaid oh um, i never knew that but that's a wonderful movie and then you know she's very mischievous and um I, th- I think that's probably a very uh common theme that mermaids have this sort of mischievousness to them mm-hmm. um i the i was on coast to coast the other night and i was basically advocating that I think mermaids are, you know, quite dark, and they they definitely, you know, I mean, their prerogative is to um, drown you. And while they may not, um, while they may be, you know, somewhat, it may be somewhat accidental, um, you know, I didn't realize you couldn't breathe underwater, honey, that kind of thing. (laughs) I mean, mostly, um, you know, that is kind of their their goal, Um, and I actually got quite a few, not angry emails, but I got some flack about that, and and, and people had some good points, and and that is that in many cultures, and there are also many stories of mermaids helping sailors to uh, find their way back to shore, Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. also that the legend, you know, that mermaids, one of their roles in terms of maybe a more if you look at it in more of a um, metaphysical light, I guess, is that they, you know, in, in the event of an accident, they don't necessarily cause an accident, but in the event of an accident and a shipwreck, they are there to sort of guide the souls of the drowning sailors um, to, uh, you know, a resting place beneath the sea because often in shipwrecks, you know, we never find the bodies, and so there isn't a final resting place place on land and know. so that that's they're sort of gatekeepers in that way to sort of help the transition between um life and death so and that and 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 that really got me thinking about that and it's a very good point um unfortunately
0: you follow we got to take a quick break right now okay oh okay so uh welcome to another edition of cemetery tripping oh right yeah Ooh, you're <laughs> listening to
2: toginet radio with a cutting edge
0: Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry.
1: Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I feature a different cemetery in each episode. If you'd like to see my cemetery photography, please visit my Cemetery Tripping page on Facebook. Today we will actually visit two cemeteries, which seem to mesh into one. The newer cemetery is Lakeview Cemetery, and the older cemetery is Oak Grove Cemetery, both located in Enfield, New Hampshire. They meet somewhere in the middle, near a beautiful old wrought iron fountain. Since I am based in Massachusetts, for me to visit a cemetery in another state generally means that I am either camping, on vacation, or on an investigation. In this case, I was on an investigation with New England Ghost Project and Ron Van Kollek. We were at the Great View roller rink to look into the haunting of this local entertainment spot, and Lakeview Cemetery is located directly behind the rink. How could I resist? Accompanying me on this cemetery tripping were my friends Leslie Marden and Karen Rock, both of whom are psychic mediums. As we walked towards the cemetery, Leslie told me that she had a vision of an unusual stone, one that she felt didn't belong there. She described it as having a large hole in the middle, and something that we would recognize as soon as we saw it. As we ducked under the fence to enter Lakeview Cemetery, we began to look around for Leslie's stone. One of the things that I did notice immediately was a fantastic and beautiful view, even on a misty evening, of the lakeshore. It was literally like a picture postcard. Enfield was populated by the Shakers, who settled here in 1782 and ran mills here until approximately 1915, when their ranks thinned and the last of them left to go to Canterbury, New Hampshire to join another Shaker family. Most of the stones in Lakeview were from the 20th century and newer, and fairly unremarkable, although we did see some interesting laser carvings. Wild turkeys scattered as we approached the older Oak Grove Cemetery. I wish that the intricate wrought iron fountain was working as we passed it, and could only imagine it in its heyday. Oak Grove dates from approximately 1850 and has some nice carvings of the day, such as hands pointing towards heaven, anchors, flowers, and a few flags. There is also a wonderful crypt with lovely bronze doors set into the side of the hill. It began to rain harder, and we turned to go back towards the rink. As we approached the edge of Lakeville Cemetery, Leslie said, there it is, and pointed out the stone that she had seen in her vision. It was exactly as she had described, and very unusual. I can't say that I've ever encountered a stone like it in my graveyard travels. It was comprised of three pieces of granite, which formed a square, with a large opening in the middle. The stone was erected for Ralph and Inez Newman, were born in 1881 and 1885, respectively. I wonder if perhaps there was supposed to be an additional piece inserted in the middle of the stone, perhaps with a picture or carving? This will have to remain an unsolved mystery, but I am glad that we were able to locate the stone Leslie had seen. If you are ever in the Enfield area, stop by these cemeteries and take in the gorgeous scenery, and maybe take a spin at the haunted Great View Roller. (laughs)
0: That
2: was, that was <laughs> oh, now we hear the music. <laughs> mm. Oh, my
0: goodness. And there you go. Here we are. Nice and while, while that was on, we, we did hear the doorbell, which means the pizza from the dead is here, and we have to wrap up the show. So. Uh, <laughs> <uh-oh>. <laughs> so, anyways, we want to thank our uh, lovely guest, uh, Vala Ventura, author of Beyond Bizarre, The Book of Bizarre, and, of course, her latest and hottest among the mermaids, although I do not believe in mermaids. No, pick it up. It's great. Come on. <laughs> yes. But I didn't say the book wasn't great. I just said I didn't believe in mermaids. All right. Okay. You'd make a hell of a mermaid, you boldages, man, the teeth. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right.
3: Well, thank, thank well, you so thank much you for, for having me. You, it, was, uh, oh, you have, it was too short, too short. Such fun. you have
0: a, do you have a website or, or, or yep. where can people get a hold of you?
3: Yep, uh, varlaventura.com. Uh, you can find me there, follow me there. I'm on Facebook. Um, you can contact me at varlaventura at gmail.com. So um, my name at gmail, if you've had a mermaid encounter. And uh, maybe we can talk again. I have another book coming out in October about Banshees, uh, Werewolves, and Vampires. So There you cool. go. There you awesome.
0: go. Awesome. Yep, three of my favorite subjects.
3: That's what I thought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank anyway, you, thank, we Great. want to thank you so much for being on the show, and I guess the heartbeat is on even though I can't hear it. Can you hear it?
2: Yes, mm-hmm. I hear the music. We're at the music. Okay. okay,
0: so I guess we're pretty Good much enough. wrapping it up. <laughs> so, Viola, thank you so much, and uh, there you go. Viola Ventura, Amongst the Mermaids. All right. Good Thanks night. for listening, night, everybody. everybody. From ghoulies to ghosties.